Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Fox Bet Sports Action Podcast. Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now here's Mike Pursuta, Wesley Euler, and Tim Benz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another should-be award-winning edition of the Fox Bet You Make the Call podcast. Mike Pursuta and Tim Benz coming at you per usual. Joined today by Wes Euler from uh, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steeler Nation Radio. Uh, Wes, a uh, good buddy of ours for a long time now. And, guys, uh, I imagine we are all uh, just overcome with the emotion of the day it's tournament time conference tournament time the appetizer to the ncaa basketball tournament west is the wvu guy his team's in action at 11 30 today against oklahoma state i'm a michigan state guy we're playing maryland at 11 30 and tim the mighty syracuse orange have virginia at noon uh what a great day to be alive not that they all aren't but today in particular Right, and by the time this podcast is posted, all three of our teams could be out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I got more faith in West than the other two, to be honest with you. Yeah, at least my Mountaineers are favorites, uh, I think, by four points now on the Fox Bet app. But yeah, I'm I'm thrilled, guys. I mean, we I think you really realize now how much you missed this a year ago, right? I mean, we were just at this time last year. I realized a year ago. (laughs) Yes, we were. We were just. We were just at this point last year where conference tournaments were just tipping off. The fun was really beginning right when everything got shut down. I am I'm excited for the conference tourneys, the bracket busters, the upsets, the buzzer beaters. I can't wait. Yeah, Wes uh, filling in today for Mark Madden, who has gone to Vegas to drink and gamble. And, uh, you know, these conference tournaments are interesting because they always include a fair amount of teams that are already in. Uh, you know, they've got their NCAA future secured and some desperate teams that are that are trying to hang on to that bubble and get on the other Hello. side. I, actually, I'm considering Sparty in. Yeah, uh, I think you're probably right. After winning uh, three top five games in two weeks, uh, I'm, I'm going to make that assumption. But, you know, one of the things you got to keep in mind is one of the reasons there are bubble teams and non-bubble teams is the non-bubble teams have been better most of the year. But uh, conference tournament time to me is always a very slippery slope. Tim, I don't know how, how you approach it. I love watching it, and I usually end up uh, putting some uh, last-minute action down just because. But I, I, I feel less certain in the conference tournaments than I do the big dance. Not that I'm ever certain, but well, these right. are a little bit scary. They, they are scary, but I tend to, for the mentality you just brought up, lean towards the underdogs, the underdogs who are still alive, the underdogs who the game means more for, whether it's in terms of getting in off the bubble, uh, making sure you don't slide off the bubble entirely, uh, for seeding especially. Whoever has more to play for, that's who I always lean to. And even if that means that I'm betting on the lesser team to cover, uh, that makes me feel more secure this time of year. I think that's a good philosophy by Benzie. Yeah, this, it, it really is, you know, teams kind of 
there's different priority levels when you reach conference tournament time, right? Some are just trying to, all right, let's not get upset in the first round. We'll hold on to our two or three seed. We'll be good to go. You've got other teams, like Tim said, who know that they need at least one win, maybe two, to kind of get themselves over the line or off that bubble, if you will. So, yeah, I think that's great philosophy by Benzie. Uh, go with the team, ride with the team, put your juice on the team that has more on the line, more to play for. Yeah, you also got to pay attention to who's playing and who isn't. And uh, toward that end, uh, I bring up a team, West that I've been talking about for about a month now, and that would be the Michigan Wolverines, cool. who, who finished strong. But uh, in their last game of the regular season, Michigan had to play Michigan State back-to-back the way the goofy COVID schedule worked out. And it's like an Michigan NHL feel there. Uh, I'm sorry? I said it's like an NHL feel there with the back. Yeah, a little bit, but uh, it was goofy. Michigan ended up winning handily in the first meeting, celebrating the Big Ten championship, cutting down the nets. And then the second time, to kind of illustrate what we're talking about, two days later, Michigan State is desperate to add to its tournament resume. And Michigan's kind of like, oh, we got to do this again. And lo and behold, Michigan State wins the game. But Michigan also lost one of its starters, off guard Eli Brooks, to an ankle injury. Now, He's not a big stat guy, but he's considered a glue guy, a leader guy, a defense guy. He's a big loss for Michigan. Uh, he didn't play earlier in the year against Minnesota. Michigan got waxed. He didn't play most of the Michigan State game. Michigan got waxed. I really like the Wolverines going into the big dance to go at least to the Final Four, if not all the way, but not without that guy. Yeah, it's a good call. I, I, I'm with you. I, you know, the last week or two, kind of felt like Gonzaga and Baylor to me were the two clear-cut two best teams in the country and then there was that kind of next group and I thought you could certainly argue Michigan at the top of that group but that is a a major loss for those guys it reminds me I don't know if you guys remember you know about 10 years ago when WV went to the final four everything you just described sounded a lot like John Flowers I don't know if you guys remember that guy but he was a great defender great rebounder one of the first guys off the bench you know he was Six foot seven, six foot eight, so had the height, could lock down whoever was hot on the other team and could, you know, chip in the occasional seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 points, something like that. You need those guys in conference tournaments in March. Those are the guys that are hard to prepare for, right? When you're, when you're playing game after game, day after day during conference tournament, or when you get into the big dance and it's, you know, you play on a Friday and then you've got a 48 hour turnaround to play again on Sunday. Those energy guys, those glue guys, a lot of times I feel like can be the X factors in those games. They're harder to prepare for on such short notice. That's a big loss for the Wolverines, and I, I don't think you'll be too upset about that one, though, Trey. Hey, Syracuse had that, too, when they lost Fab Mello going into a tournament. I remember that all too yep. well. Yep. You know, Tim, you mentioned that uh, by the time this podcast is posted, uh, all three of our uh, conference tournament school games are going to be over. But uh, your guys – and I say this with tremendous respect are the cockroaches of the NCAA because you cannot kill Syracuse. How many years now do you go into it in this kind of scenario or so, oh, I don't know if they're in, they better win X number of games. When we get to Sunday, the orange are going to be there, right? I think after what they did to NC state and compounding that Xavier, not beating Butler, should put Syracuse in regardless of the outcome that most people have already known by the time they hear this against Virginia. Yes, I think they've got into the last four in line from even Joe Lenardi, who is predisposed to make Syracuse number 71 out of 68 anytime he comes out with his brackets. He despises putting Syracuse in. And even if 
he's getting Syracuse in after the win against NC State. That makes me feel slightly more secure. But regardless of what happens against Virginia, I think they're playing well enough now that they actually deserve to be in. Um, you know, these the dippy. Well, forget that. You, just, you can't have this thing without Jim Beheim, right? It, oh, right. Because he's, he's an easy right. guy, easy guy for everybody else but me and people who went to Syracuse to root <laughs> adamantly against. Uh, that's who we are. I enjoy playing the evil empire Darth Vader role when it comes to tournament time. And usually, like if they put us against Jamie Dixon in the playing game, like they did a couple years ago, Syracuse wins. Uh, they sometimes knock off, say, for instance, a Michigan State team in the second round. Mike, as you and I both really remember coming back from a Robert Morris hockey game that fateful afternoon. Uh, they usually do get to the Sweet 16 the more excoriated they are for being in the tournament in the first place. So the more hate that's thrown at Syracuse for getting in, the more I like their chances once the brackets come out. And West, uh, you know, West Virginia has been a periodic player. At this time of year, Bob Huggins, one of the all-time greats. It's been a strong season for the Mountaineers. What's what's our outlook? Not so much for the Big 12, but uh, going into the next bigger, better tournament. You you feeling it? I am, yeah. And you know what, guys? I did not think that I would be here. Um, you know, Oscar Shibway leaves the program a couple weeks into the season. First McDonald's All-American that Bob Huggins had recruited since Kenyon Martin. You guys know, Hugs just... He doesn't get the sexy five-star players to WVU. He gets the, the Sean Butlers and the Javon Carters, the two three-stars, and ends up getting them drafted in the NBA. But the McDonald's All-American type has never really been his thing. He gets that guy. He has a great freshman year. He comes back this year. We're all thinking, all right, this is it. This is, you know, feels like 2010 all over again. Really deep group, chance to make a run. Shibley ends up transferring to Kentucky a couple weeks in the season. And you think, oh, crap, this thing is spiraling. Instead of spiraling, though, say that five times fast, uh, Huggins just completely retooled on the fly. And I think it's kind of – it's a real testament to him that the way that they wanted to play with Culver and Shibway, you know, playing big man basketball, having the two twin towers, they've now completely changed that to to being a team that wants to score points, the opposite of what we know from Bob Huggins, which is usually lockdown defense, right? No, now he's got these guys going out there, scoring in the high 70s, scoring in the 80s, every single game in and game out, which you don't see from Huggins teams very often. And guys, I think that plays well into success in March. Like you can tell me if you disagree here, but it just has always felt to me, particularly as of the last decade, the last 15 years, 12 years, whatever March madness is a guard oriented tournament. Like you you have to have good guard play to go far in March. That's why WVU, we had that stretch with Javon Carter where we went to the Sweet 16 three times in four years recently, lost to Gonzaga because we couldn't play with their guards, lost to Villanova because we couldn't play with their guards. Now WVU, I think, is a team that is more built to make a run in March with just not relying so heavy on the big men. I think they've got a great chance to make a run. I'll be very interested to see if they end up as a two or a three seed. I think that depends on if they can win a game or two here in the Big 12 tournament. But yeah, this is, like I said, from where I was at the beginning of the season when Shibway transferred thinking, oh man, we really had a shot this year and, and now it's going sideways. Uh, my attitude has done a full 180 from there. I think you could argue this has been Bob Huggins' best coaching job in a season. And, and I think WVU's got a shot, certainly. If I'm looking at the Mountaineers in the early round games, you know, pre-first two rounds in particular, right. Right. am I thinking they're going to club uh, outmanned opposition? Should I be given – should I be just playing money line and swallowing hard with the big odds and, and taking the easy W or should I, should I just be looking over? 
You know what? I think overs are good bets with this team because, like I said, they play no defense and they score a lot of points. I mean, they are in the 80s like every single game. But, yeah, unless they run into Stephen F. Austin, who has been just an absolute buzzsaw for the Mountaineers in the tournament over the year, unless they run into SF Austin, Triv, yeah, I think you're good. Money line, I think you're good with the over. And as long as the spread's not too, too large, I, I, I'm confident with this team. They, they will have their limitations. They do have their limitations. They could run into some potentially problematic matchups, but I, I don't think that's going to happen in the first round or two. Tim, we got some uh, breaking news as we uh, tape this on a Thursday morning in Pittsburgh. I don't know uh, when people out there who are finding us are finding us, but ESPN reporting that Duke is out of the ACC tournament after a positive COVID-19 test within the program. Uh, Duke was supposed to play Florida State today, Thursday, uh, for our taping purposes, and Duke was in desperation mode, but no Blue Devils. I just bring that up. Uh, I'm not sure what the uh, protocols are. If you're betting futures, if you're betting this team to win the tournament or this team to get to the final four. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Another thing you got to consider. (laughs) Is it a no contest then? And it's like the bet just never happened? Is that what you do? All I know is that old cliche about all bets are off. Usually they are not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you've got Florida State going the whole way, it just got a hell of a lot easier. Uh, They were the number, what, three seed coming in? 15 and five overall. They, they were, I think they were about a four point favorite against Duke anyway. So I guess they cover and now they get either Virginia tech or North Carolina in the uh, next round. If they do just advance, which I imagine they do, right? You just push them on. Four. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Forward through the bracket, and then you get Virginia Tech or North Carolina. I think that Virginia Tech... Well, it puts North- a whole new spin on Survive in Advance, doesn't it? Yeah, like you're literally surviving. Yes. <laughs> I wonder who Shashevsky's going to blame for this, by the way. It can't be Duke's fault. It, it can't be their fault for catching the disease. I know that. It's somebody else's fault. So I think Shashevsky was sending the players out around Greensboro to just make out with random strangers in hopes that they wouldn't have to play this game. So they don't lose to Florida State, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. Not, it looks like, Does that uh, count as a quad one loss if you lose to COVID? <laughs> it's a strong opponent, Tim. They've got a really good resume. Yeah, they've had a really good year. COVID's had a strong year. A lot of victories taking down, there. Taking down some big names. So it looks like we're looking at uh, no Duke in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1995. I'm, I'm going to have to collect myself for a second. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Oh, yeah. that. Uh, it, it's going to be a fun uh, month plus coming up. Let's uh, turn our attentions to hockey uh, because all of a sudden uh, the local hockey team here in Pittsburgh is looking a whole lot better than it uh, was at the start of this season. The Penguins have won 10 of 14, four of five on the recently completed homestand and playing, you know, the result is what really matters, but the Penguins are playing in a manner that leads me to believe the result is sustainable. And now they get uh, the Buffalo Sabres uh, tonight, Thursday and Saturday in Buffalo, Uh, Buffalo, the least winningest team in the NHL. Uh, two 11 and two in the last 15. My Fox bet app 
has the Penguins at minus 213 on the money line tonight. I'm giving that all day, baby. Uh, I think the Penguins have matured enough that they are not going to uh, trip on their sticks. They know that uh, the four points they got to get in these two Sabres games are precious. Wes, you buying the Penguins or selling right now? I'm buying right now, Triv. I'm with you. I mean, I know that we all – there's been this tendency, you know, Buffalo is a team that's given the Penguins some problems, even though they've had their struggles as an organization recently. The New Jersey Devils, the same type of conversation. Team that you would think that they've had better records against over the last few years when it's actually right around 500. But this Buffalo team just, man, they are reeling. Jack Eichel is out injured. And I think you're right. Everybody knows. I mean, you guys know this. Two weeks into the NHL season, we started talking about playoff positioning. Like, everybody knows this heightened sense of urgency with the format, with the truncated season. I think that there is very little chance that the Penguins go there and take them lightly because why would they have that in the back of their mind? Yes, they've won some games recently. They're on a three-game win streak, I think. 10 and four in their last 14. Right. But at the same time too, they've been falling behind every game. They have not been, they've been in and out of the playoffs. So yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful that they are, are not going to take this team lightly tonight, even without the captain Jack Eichel. If you look at Buffalo's numbers a little deeper than just wins and losses, and frankly, you don't need to, but one thing that's interesting, especially going up against the Penguins is, you know, their special teams are not are bad. Than, they're better than the Penguins. Like the, the fifth best power play in the NHL, they're the 12th best penalty kill, which means that they are just a crime against humanity atrocity five on five. Yeah. You know, if you look at some of their fancy stat numbers, like what they do five on five, what's that the POD or something like that? The safe PDO. percentage. Yeah, PDO, the safe percentage plus shooting percentage. Correct. Worst in hockey uh, and by a comfortable margin as well. They are dreadful five on five. And as we know, the Penguins got to at least where they are right now, which is roughly a playoff position or close to it, depending on points or points percentage, by not being good on the power play, by not being good on the penalty kill, they've done what they've needed to do five on five. So that strikes me as a bad matchup for Buffalo. Uh, they might trade Eric Stahl at any minute to Edmonton. You mentioned that Eichel is out. Uh, their goaltending has not been good. And they're crushing the coach, Ralph Kruger. Yeah. Was he running one of your soccer teams over there, Wes? Wasn't that his last gig before he came to Buffalo, right? Was yeah, he... Ted Lasso type guy. Yeah, it was like Ted Lasso over there. Or, I don't know, Darren Lasso, if you're going to be a Canadian or something like that. But <laughs> right. yeah, last time I checked, he was 100% to blame, according to every Sabres fan that I knew. They don't want to blame Hall. They don't want to blame Eichel. They don't want to blame Rasmus Dallin. They just want to blame the coach. And they think that the system has had a big reason why they're struggling. Uh, meanwhile, the Penguins, I like the trajectory that J that uh, Tristan Jari is on. I don't know if he stole that game against the um, New York Rangers last time out, but he he at least stole him a point. He I know that. The from the Rangers, yeah, yeah if, he, if nothing else. He at uh, least stole him a point. So uh, they get these guys eight times. By the way, if, if you're looking for another team, futures-wise, that you might have a bet in already or you're just kind of eyeing towards the end of the season, um, you know, points totals and whatnot, the Bruins also have not played the Sabres yet. Everybody's mm -hmm. talking about how the Penguins have not played the Sabres. The Bruins have yet to play the Sabres too. So keep that in mind that. with keep that in mind for Boston. Yeah, you know, Buffalo, those six wins, three of them have been achieved against New Jersey. Uh, the other three, they beat Philly once, uh, the Rangers once, and the Caps once. I've been on this anti-Buffalo run here for a while now, not through the entirety of this two eleven and two streak, but I've just been 
betting against Buffalo, betting against Buffalo. And I did it the other night. And uh, Tim, you mentioned the Penguins, their relentlessness and how they, they have been finding ways to win. Sabres were up three to one and four oh. to two on the Flyers and found a way to lose at five to four in a shootout. I don't care who gets the loser point if I win the money. Right, so, exactly. You know, somehow, some way. Uh, you ain't giving back a percentage. You ain't giving back 50% or one third, right. 33% of your money. You're keeping all of it. Yeah. And then another interesting uh, nugget, uh, Tim, uh, recently we were doing this, uh, I think a week or so ago, and you mentioned you were disappointed that a Vegas-Anaheim game uh, got postponed because of COVID because Flurry hadn't been giving up any goals and Anaheim hadn't been scoring any. Well, that was on a Thursday. They played a couple of days later on a Saturday, and I thought, you know, Benzie's on to something. I'm going under. Game went under. Uh, I'm curious if you have any other little uh, observations from the NHL season that uh, you might have picked on that could be profitable to you, me, Wes, and anybody who's tuning in. Yeah, I would say not just this week against the Penguins, but even when they start playing some of the other teams that are vying for a playoff spot, look out for them. I think the Penguins' record is better than it indicates because if you look at that point percentage stat, if you look at their points percentage within the top five, they're actually like third place. Like the points that they've been able to gather against the other good teams in the East, they've gotten at a higher clip than most. So I still think the Penguins are a smarter play than maybe what we think because we frustratingly see them give away points especially those loser points so often. I was also looking a little bit across the league, and uh, here's an easy one, Mike. I'll give you a piece of low-hanging fruit. Just go over in any Ottawa game. <laughs> uh, did you see Matt Murray again last night? He allowed four goals in the first 13 shots. It's the second time this year that Edmonton has scored four goals in the third period against Ottawa. Sorry, the first period against Ottawa. They had four goals in the first period against Ottawa twice already this season. So there's my little non-Penguin low-hanging piece of for Just go over in the Ottawa game because they're going to hemorrhage goals, whether it's Matt Murray or whoever else is between the pipes. I would add same thing with the Vancouver Canucks, fellas, because they score a lot of goals and they give up a lot of goals. Vancouver Canucks are always a good one to bet the over on. And I've also – I've had a lot of success with the Florida Panthers this year. Um whether, it, whether they're playing minus one and a half or plus one and a half, Florida Panthers, uh, they're playing really good hockey and they're hitting it like 83% against the spread. Like I said, whether it's whether they're favored or whether they're underdogs. So I've been, I've been hot on the Florida Panthers uh, this past month. Yeah, you Detroit. Half line either way. Yep. Either, like, either way, they, they are, like I said, hitting over 80% um, and, and playing, playing really good. They're fun to watch too. Detroit's another one when it comes to goal differential. If you feel like playing the uh, points line, whenever Detroit's, they're like minus 34 in goal differential right now. So that's yeah. the, the only team that's worse is Ottawa. Not good. I particularly like the uh, advice on uh, Ottawa and, and, and Vancouver, though, guys, because one of the things I've really enjoyed about this division-only format is I don't have to watch the Canadian teams. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always watch them late on, like, the NHL Network or something I like could. that. You could. I, I could. But you, you're going to bed. I'm filing my stories late at night. I'm watching. There's something else got to be on to keep me interested while I'm waiting for stories to come back or edits to come back or whatever. And yeah, I'll, I'll burn 20 minutes watching a hockey game in Canada. Sure, why not? Uh, that division thought, is brutal. Oh, 
not to mention all Canadian. Uh, last the thought I have for you guys today, as we move into this basketball, and it, I was reminded of this the other night when Gonzaga fell behind BYU, BYU and was trailing double digits at halftime. You look at that on paper and you think that ain't supposed to happen. Or if you see a team that goes 10 of 11 on threes in the first half, well, you know, that's going to even out. Normally, if it's if you thought it was going to be a close game, it's going to be. Uh, the percentages are the percentages because they're the freaking percentages. People don't usually go 21 for 25 from three ball as a team. So uh, keep an eye on those halftime lines. If something looks like it doesn't smell right to you, it's probably because it doesn't, and it's probably going to adjust in the uh, final 20 minutes. That's all I got today. Wes, any closing thoughts? Yeah, just – Enjoy the madness. You know, I, I have a feeling, guys, like a lot of people, since we didn't get this last year, a lot of people are going to be so into their brackets and so into getting all the picks correct and, oh, I got to root for this team because I picked them to go to the Final Four. If it's not your school, if it's not your alma mater, root for the madness. Forget about your bracket. Who cares? Drink some beers, make some bets on the Fox Bet app, and just enjoy the show. Tim, I like this guy. We got to get him on more often. Yeah, he's doing a good job. I mean, I, I don't think – did you beat uh, Mark Baden in the um, Twitter poll, Wes? No, I don't know if you guys saw that, but he totally faded me. I mean, I had a nice lead on him, and then he kept, you know, quote-tweeting the poll and saying, everybody vote for Wes, like a nice fade. Like, he knew it was going to happen. It's like you put a sign up in your yard that says, please don't let your dog pee here. Everybody's dog's going to pee there. I mean, Madden <laughs> just totally faded me. He's, he's got me by, like, 20% now. Um, I'll give you one, and I don't know if this – is on the Fox bet app. Cause I don't think the Fox bet app has this sort of macabre sense of humor, but I did see some odds posted for the first manager to be fired in major league baseball. And Derek Shelton is currently sitting in a tie for fifth at nine to one with Joe Madden. And what is funny to me is all the managers who are in front of him, in front of him, none of whom I've heard of by name, except for Bud Black, who manages the Colorado Rockies. It's like the manager of the Mariners, the manager of the Tigers, the manager of the Marlins. Like, how are they supposed to win? Like, there can't be any expectations on these guys, right? You're not firing these guys because of performance based on the rosters they're putting out there, are you? Like, Madden should be the favorite because he's a big name and makes lots of money, and they probably just want to buy out part of his contract, come to a deal and say, Joe, you don't have to work. Go drink wine and be snotty somewhere else in private and leave our team alone. Yeah, I, I don't see Shelton going anywhere. I don't think no. uh, as long as he shows up and puts the uniform on and – uh you know, it doesn't go all Tom Hanks in a league of their own. Uh, <laughs> I think he's going to be in good shape. Uh, guys, this was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Uh, that's going to do it for the Fox Bet You Make the Call podcast today. I want to thank everybody who found us for finding us, uh, however, and wherever you did. We'll uh, do it again next week. Until then, for Wes Euler and Tim Benz, I'm Mike Persuda, and you have been listening to the Fox Bet you make the call podcast.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.